Welcome to the Love Your Truth podcast, where we share stories, moments, and lessons from life's beautiful and heart-wrenching experiences, where we explore our wounds, celebrate our challenges, and find healing in allowing all that life throws at us. Here, you will learn to love every aspect of your truth, accept your past, embrace your present, and create your future, all by loving your truth. I'm your host, Sherry Love, certified professional confidence and empowerment life coach, cognitive behavioral specialist, single mother of five, pianist, ultra runner, and human, who is still learning to love her truth, just like you. Hi, welcome to the Love Your Truth podcast. I'm Sherry Love, your host, and today I'm really excited to sit down with my friend Nikki. Um, I met Nikki not very long ago. It's only been maybe a month or two. Um, We participated in a coaching group together and connected and just you know, our energies just aligned and we've been getting to know each other and it's been really fun. So I'm really excited to introduce you to her. Um, Hi, Nikki. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you today and for everybody else to hear what you have to share. Um, Just to kind of give you just uh, an idea of who Nikki is. Nikki is a mindset mentor, a Reiki master and teacher, a light worker, plant mama, and an avid adventurer. We've actually been on one hike together and I had a hard time keeping up. <laughs> so There's going to be many more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, Nikki is a single present full-time mom and has um, being a single full-time mom has been her motivation. Um, energy mixed with spirit has been her pathway and she's endured many obstacles in her life, including abandonment, addiction, broken relationships, living in the dark, finding her light, and creating her purpose on the earth. The thing that has gotten her through every single moment and every single time was loving herself, trusting herself, and finding the stillness within to hear the whispers of the wind. She's recreated herself many times. She's a truth seeker, and nature is her medicine. I I resonate with that a lot. And God leads her moment to moment as she steps further and further into herself. That is so beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, I resonate with a lot of that, especially nature and recreating yourself multiple times. And every time that you've gone through something difficult, you've had to re recreate who you are. Yeah. So um, something that we said off uh, I was going to say off camera, but with before we push record, was talking about our story. Will you kind of share what you shared with me? Yeah. Um, I mean, what I was saying is, you know, when you have a story, a, a huge part of the healing in that story is realizing that it's not about the story. The story doesn't matter. The details don't matter. It's It's simply about what happened and what you're going to do about it. Um, So you, in a sense, get to let go of the story. Um, But then, you know, as you continue to heal and take the journey that I continue to take, there comes a time that others deserve to hear that story because it's places and spaces that they are in, that they don't know how to get out of, that whatever... 
And you never know when you can be the messenger for somebody else. They may have heard that same exact message from somebody else a million times. And then you say it and the light goes off. Yeah. So I just, I feel like, you know, it's, it's time to not dive into the story of all the gory details and the victimhood and, you know, all of that, but it's time to share. So here I am. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Something that I love about you is that you just bring your energy. You just do. And I, I don't, it's kind of an interesting thing because I don't know how to explain it, but you feel it. And I think anybody who is familiar with even just feeling energy, now I'm going to get all emotional. I'm an emotional person and, I, and that, that's how my energy <laughs> confirms is I start to cry. Good. <laughs> but anybody, anybody who, um, who is even like aware of a person's aura or a person's spirit, or even just like paying attention to how your energy resonates with another person's energy. It's, it's a hard thing to explain mm. and something that I, the very first um, session that we had where, um, the, uh, Tony is the person, the facilitator of our little group. He had us do this breakout session where he paired us up. And that was the first time I was like, like literally the moment we entered that, like two, you know, one-on-one room, I was like, this person's energy resonates with mine immediately. Mm, And, and that's, that's something that you embody. So I kind of want to ask you like, I mean, but how (laughs) it's just such a beautiful thing that you just, you just are, you just exist and you just exude this, this you-ness that I'm sure there's a lot of us out there, including myself that like want to understand the how of accomplishing that, or is it just like, you just came this way? (laughs) I definitely did not come this way. Thank you. Uh, I totally received that. And it just makes me so like, just smile because I feel like we're taught our whole lives to, you know, sit down, shut up, follow the rules. Don't do what you feel is right. Like it just feel like the world teaches us to shut out our light and for so long, I used drugs and alcohol and sex and, you know, just addictions of all kinds to feel fulfilled instead of be who I am. And as I have unraveled all of those things, I've realized that there's nothing that I need to do. I just need to be me. And a lot of being me has been accepting like, I'm a very quiet person. I always said I was shy growing up because I did never have anything to say, but I've realized like, I'm not shy because when I have something to say, I will most definitely say it, but I'm a quiet person and realizing that the quiet kid is not a bad thing has been a huge part of my healing. And I hear more and more people tell me about my presence and it's been something that I have gotten to like really just be humbled with and realize that wow like when I do show up places people do notice me when I do speak people do hear my heart and it's okay for me to be proud of that and it's okay for me to own that and it's not selfish of me and it's not like like I'm full of myself it's not it's not any of those things it's just simply me knowing who I am and that does feel good. And it does 
it's it's uncomfortable, but it does feel good every time I have somebody, you know, reiterate that to me. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I've had a, a few experiences where I've had that feedback for me as well. And it feels new. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, I think something that you said, um, we're kind of taught to sit down and be quiet. And especially as women, we're kind of taught to, you know, that humility is something to be admired and that it's something that, you know, don't take a compliment. Mm -hmm. Oh, this old thing, you know? And so when someone sees me, like really sees me and says something to me that, you know, for instance, like, you have goddess energy or, you know, like I've, I've had multiple people who don't know each other and who don't know how I feel about myself come up to me and say, you have this Phoenix energy. Mm, yeah. And, and the, the interesting thing is how it, I'm getting better at being at, com- <laughs> um, we're keeping it real here. I'm getting better at receiving that. Um, and it's, it is uncomfortable. It's interesting to notice how our conditioning creates this discomfort of acknowledging who we are. We automatically go into all the ways of why we're not that person or, Mm -hmm. oh, they don't know who I really am behind closed doors or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But that's the thing of when you work on yourself, who you are out in the open is who you are behind closed doors. And it, it shows Right. You know? Well, and I think the interesting thing about that is even behind closed doors, because I like to think of myself as a pretty authentic person, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting to notice how you, when you start peeling back those layers, those masks, those ways that we show ourselves to the world, that it's not like I go home and I'm by myself and suddenly I'm a different person. Right. Like I'm literally believing the things that I'm presenting myself out into the world until I peel back that layer. Yeah. And even when I receive a compliment from someone, even if it's really deeply resonant in me, my natural tendency is to say, wow, they are really amazing that they can see that. Like I will totally deflect it back onto that person. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, that must mean that they're very visionary or that they like have energy that, that they can understand other people better. And that yeah. must mean that they're powerful and beautiful if they can recognize it. Um, and, well, so, and also sometimes we just pay them back with another compliment, right? Instead of just receiving the compliment and mm-hmm. saying, thank you. Yes. And realizing you don't have to say anything else. You can simply just say, say thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like when someone gives you a Christmas present and you're like, Oh, I better go find something in my house to give them. Yes. Um, no, it's absolutely true. And I've also noticed that for me, sometimes paying a compliment to someone is vulnerable. Because to a certain degree, it's like I'm revealing something about myself that I am like, I'm seeing this beautiful part of you and it's vulnerable to say, I see you. Yeah. And it's very vulnerable to be seen. So that's something that like, it seems that you're starting like receiving that compliment, receiving that just what I just said to you about your presence. And I loved how you said, thank you. I received that Mm. because that, that takes vulnerability. Yeah. So I think it's really powerful to start to kind of embody like, yes, of course I am that, you know, if I am who I am, you yeah. know, I, re- I received that. Um, okay. So you talked about um, just kind of what I, I call it buffering or just 
avoiding, you know, with addiction and, um, what do you feel like your process was? And I'm sure it's, it's been a cycle of repetitive (laughs) learning things, you know, um, (laughs) what do you feel like your process was of coming from that place of avoidance into a place of embodying who you are? Oh, geez, there's so many layers. Um, I think what it comes down to, though, is realizing, like, there's nothing wrong with me. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it all started, I mean, in my younger years when my dad wasn't around or when he was around or whatever. And then, you know, all of a sudden at, at you know, age 12 or whatever, I my mom marries another man. I moved to a whole new city. I start a new school for middle school. Um, my dad ends up leaving my life completely the following year. And it's just like, you know, that was just the beginning of it. And back then I didn't know it was pain. I, I was just angry and I was just, you know, like, I didn't realize it was going to be trauma in my future. I didn't realize that it was the start of all the behaviors and the things and just becoming sexually active at a very young age, giving my body away because I felt like that was the way that you received that love from the masculine that I was seeking. And, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol, of course, assisted me in doing that because, again, I was the quiet kid. And I found very early at age 13 that drugs and alcohol allowed me to be not the shy kid. And with that comes, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, So do you think at the age of 13, you had embodied this belief in yourself that, and you you touched on this earlier, that being the shy kid, that being quiet was somehow wrong or that or bad or that you should be something else and so the drugs and alcohol helped you kind of come out of that yeah to be something else you were trying to create something else besides who you are yeah and i think i was realizing like wow i'm not enough or you know i don't know like my opinion doesn't matter if i don't want to move it doesn't matter like you know my dad leaving it doesn't matter like just all the things like I don't matter. And I think that's when it all started. Mm-hmm. Even though I've always been a very confident person and I've always, I, I haven't always loved myself. I didn't even know that was a thing when I was right growing up. Like I didn't know that you were supposed to love yourself, you know? So, I mean, it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting how, I mean, as children, and I, I'm sure I still have, you know, more to unravel in me as well, but like, we don't have the capacity. Children don't have the capacity to like cognitively like recognize like, Oh, this is how this is affecting me. And this is what it means. Like we just tuck it away into our unconscious and then survive. Mm -hmm. And then years later, usually there's some kind of a catalyst. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, Whoa, that's why Mm -hmm. I, I, that's why I'm behaving the way I am. So I'm not saying that's the recipe for everyone, but it seems to be a pretty common thing that, we have these things that we've tucked away unconsciously, then there's some kind of a catalyst that makes us realize, oh, wait, this is not actually who I am. Mm -hmm. And then you start that, 
that deep dive, like peeling back layers. It's like you go into surgery, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So what do you, what do you think that catalyst was for you? Um, or there could be many, I don't know. I've like had many. changing that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Oh goodness. Well, I mean, it was when I was 17, 18, had my baby, Caden, um, was married just because my family was LDS and they wouldn't let him move in and they wouldn't let me move out. So we got married and, you know, trying to be adults and it, looking back, it was like, I felt like I was ready to do the thing, but he was still in party mode. Mm. And so mixing my motherhood with party mode was just a recipe for disaster and my marriage ended very quickly and after that i was you know hooked on hard drugs i was using needles and in a very bad space like within i would say a year and a half period my life went from like hellish to full-on hell and that's when i said a desperate prayer and 20 minutes later got in my car accident woke up two weeks later after all the things and spent a month and a half in the hospital and you know multiple months in a wheelchair and years later would realize it was that prayer that that saved my life and didn't quite understand even then um got to go further down the line of addiction, switch to alcohol instead of heroin because it's legal, right? <laughs> you know, had another baby, was not a good mom. I didn't know how to be a mom. Um, you know, had lost custody of Caden because of my car accident. Um, you know, just found myself in a really dark place again, got two DUIs in a three month period, worked, I was working at a dentist office at the time. And my boss was a freaking angel. He gave me my job back both times. I called him from jail both times. Like he was there 100%. And I don't know where my life would be without him, like seriously. And at that point, I was doing outpatient rehab for the millionth time in my life with the court system and all the things. And I didn't have a license for, I think it was, I want to say four years. That seems like a long time, but it was a long time. Um, me and Marley would ride the bus to school and work for four hours every single day. Like, she's a rock star. I decided at the same time that impact trainings was a good idea. So I don't know how the hell I got through all of that, but I did impact trainings. I went quest summit liftoff, and then I went into LMT one and two and just went straight through. And while I was in there, I um, turned from atheist, not believing in anything to realizing wow, there's there's something bigger here. Um, 
in that space was the first time I experienced the other side. The only person I knew at that time that was dead, it was my uncle and I didn't really know him. Um, he died when I was young, but he showed up in one of the meditations. The only person I would have known that could have shown up in that moment. And it just, it blew everything wide open to what was possible. And um, so after impact, I decided I wanted to do Reiki, um, went through and did all of my Reikis back to back to back, um, learned about energy. Um, at that time, I had started a cleaning business um, because I wanted to be a present mother and working at the dentist. I couldn't take my kids to school. I couldn't pick them up. I couldn't do parties. I couldn't go to field trips. Like it just was not working. So I started cleaning. And um, after doing Reiki, realized that I was already shifting the energy in people's homes as it was. But once I learned, you know, what I was actually doing and put words to it on all of that, I decided to just continue to use my Reiki through my house cleaning. And I did that for years and years and years and absolutely loved it. Um, the compliments I would get was, you know, it feels amazing. It was never like it looks amazing. It was, it feels amazing. I love it when you're here. Like, you know, it, it was beautiful. Um, I'm grateful for this is all the things along the ways that have taught me everything, um, taught me to put my kids first, taught me that in order to put my kids first, I have to put me first. And in order for everything else to fall into place, like I am the one that needs to be good. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that so much. That that resonates a lot. You have that in order to show up for anybody in your life, you have to show up for you first. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that whole process of um, I think the really the big theme here that's resonating for me is recognizing that in order to find that beauty in yourself, you had to go through some pretty dark moments mm. and some really painful moments. And that it's not always just this one big event that's yes. painful and then we rise from it and then suddenly we're in the light and we arrive, right? It's just, it's a process that we're probably all still going through now, <laughs> yes. right? Um, so you started incorporating Reiki into your house cleaning, but you're not doing that now, right? I'm not. Um, <laughs> I am such an interesting individual. <laughs> um, during that time, I also decided to go through the LDS temple. So, so many times in my life, prayer has been the thing that has gotten me through. And I've worked through so much ego to get to the place of even accepting that. And so prayer... Prayer was the catalyst for so many moments of my transformation. And so with house cleaning, it start, It got to the point again where I was working 14-hour days, nights and weekends. I was afraid to say no to jobs because I'm a single mom and I need the money. And, you know, it, it turned into the same thing of why I left the dentist's office. And so I... Start, you know, I started praying about it and then 2020 hit and half of my clients quit at that time. Half of the people that stayed were not having me come. Um, so 
I was in this space of, I didn't go to school. I don't have, like, I can't provide for my children. I like, you know, it was, it put me right back to heroin, to coming off of heroin, if I could explain it in any way. It took me right back to the fear and the, the scarcity and just everything of heroin. That was the only thing I could relate it to. And so I froze, except for I didn't freeze. I ran to the mountains every day. And this will be the one time that I can say that I ran away. I ran away to the mountains and all I could do was pray. I went to the mountains every day in 2020 and just prayed. And I will tell you that year, I realized my masculine was on point and my feminine was totally screwed. Mm. And I had no I had no skills on how to receive. I didn't know how to receive. And it showed me that if I can't give without, you know, like if I give from an empty cup, I'm not truly giving anything. Right. Yeah. And so it just, it showed me that I got to learn how to receive. And in 2020, I was so taken care of. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. Like I am like, my clients, just like the universe, God, my angels, everything was just a miracle. And so when 2021 came around, I decided to go back to basics. I'm putting my kids first. Like, you know, I'm going to go back to the way that I did it in the beginning. And I had five clients. I went from 30 clients to five clients. And I made more money in 2021 than I had in previous years and I worked around my kids schedules and I don't know how it worked but it worked and at the end of 2021 I was praying hard again because I was starting to feel a shift and I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do and in December two weeks before uh 2022 I got the very very strong message that it was time to let the cleaning business go. It was time to listen to my body. I have a ton of metal in my body. There was a lot of days that I got home. I couldn't walk up the stairs. Like it was time. I had surgery on my belly twice in a two year period. Like my body was screaming at me and I talked to all of my clients. I didn't leave anybody hanging. It just worked out. And that was my sign. Like, okay, it's time to jump. Wow. So I did. (laughs) that's so brave oh my gosh (laughs) okay so you realized that it was time to take the leap to jump out what did you jump into after that or step into (laughs) (laughs) well um with my cleaning business it was like probably two months prior to getting the call to let it all go I had finished cleaning my own space, like decluttering my own space, going through, you know, the boxes from my marriage and just getting rid of stuff. And it was almost like I started my cleaning business so that I would get my own shit cleaned up. And the moment I did, it it was time to let it go. And I didn't, I didn't, I still don't really know what I'm doing, but (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had tools that I had acquired. I knew that I had 
gifts that I was starting to step into on a smaller scale, you know, and I knew that it was just time to just to be me and to receive and not receive in a way of like, I'm going to create a new man that's going to pay for everything or I'm getting, someone's going to give me a shit ton of money or, you know, like not a take way, but like, it was just time for me to just receive what it is that I put out there and to just see the power of magnetism. And, um, I met Max in December, um, and ended up doing a five day reboot with him. Do you know Max? I don't know Max. No. Okay. Well, um, apparently I need to, (laughs) I did a five day reboot with him. It was a sensory deprivation reboot. And I did that in January and, um, it was my first time stepping back into the medicine space. I was very nervous because of my addiction background and, um, the way that, uh, you know, mushrooms had, uh, blessed my path prior in the party days and not having my eyes, not using my voice, um, dampening my hearing, being in an internal space for five days and doing that journey. I let go. I like, I went through every emotion. Oh my gosh. I was just like in my cocoon and in the uncomfortableness of it and in the emotions and in the feelings and you know, I laughed and I was just like having so much fun. And then the sadness sat in, sat in, and I let go of so much sadness and it was so beautiful. I just felt it leaving my body and like, I was just letting it. And to know that there was a masculine in the room during that process that, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of layers there with just that in of itself Mm -hmm. and the way it was and everything having him holding space for me during that process and not doing anything just allowing me to be in that process was the most beautiful thing that I could have done it was like I would let go of all the baggage that was not mine all the beliefs that I carried from a little girl like you know, all the, all the ways I mistreated myself, all the ways I allowed others to mistreat me, like just all the ways that I had totally put myself in a box and cut myself short. And I just felt it all leave. And it was so beautiful. And, you know, after that experience, I realized that I knew what I wanted to do with my energy work and my Reiki. I wanted to assist others in healing and plant medicine. Pharmaceuticals are a huge part of my story too. And so when I found plant medicine, again, in a new light, in a new way, um, it has shifted my reality since then. Um, I spent the year doing ceremonies and different journeys with Max and got to witness so many people let go of trauma and be vulnerable and just be a child and just from all different ages. And it was so beautiful. And I just, you know, I've just realized so much that like, I got so good at clearing space that it was, it was time to 
to heal humanity. It was time to serve humanity. Wow. It was time to give back to humanity. And so that's that's what I've do that's what I've been doing. I, I teach Reiki, I do Reiki. Um, you know, I love the ceremonies. I'm stepping into sound baths. Um, I have a million plants that I've been told for years that I should do something with. So I'm finally starting to do some, you know, stuff with my plants and, you know, I'm just riding the waves and it's so beautiful. The last two years since 2020 and feeling what it feels like to receive and to know that I am worthy of receiving and to know that it is my birthright to receive like abundance is my birthright like so beautiful happiness is my birthright like unconditional love is my birthright and it's not mean of me to cut people out that aren't showing up in that way it's not mean of me for, for like to not show up to plans because I simply just don't feel called to go. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, like all of the different programming along my life of how you're supposed to show up and, you know, all the things it's like the layers have peeled so much in the last couple of years. And it's been so beautiful to see cycles that I am very aware of from my life and to see them come into my space and to stop them wow. in that moment and to go through the grief and the pain and the whatever comes up with that and know that I don't get to go back there and I'm not going to do that anymore. And to see the, the cycles being broken, the chains being broken and to know like, that was the last time I'm going to have to encounter that. That's powerful because when you can recognize that cycle that you have had, I mean, we all have them. Mm -hmm. And when you can see it like, oh, I see what this is doing. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I'm going to take a different path this time. Um, that is so powerful. It is. Um, to, to get to that place to where like this time it's going to be different and I'm going to create that. And to see it be different. Yes. And, and, and you have that power. The power is within you to create a different path. Yes. And, and within you and within, you know, and within, and within all within of us, everybody be, because I am you and you are me. And you know, the biggest thing we can grasp is that every single person that shows up in our space is a mirror. Yeah. And if they yes. trigger us, it's because there's something in you that is not healed or that there's a wound it deserves to be looked at it may not be from them mm -hmm. but there's something there yeah. to look at yes you know don't run away don't like there's something to look at there if they show up and you're like in awe and you know like looking at them like they're on a pedestal and stuff it's because you have that in you and you're seeing yourself through them and sometimes it makes us uncomfortable to see people that we see as shining stars and mm -hmm. I wish I could be like them or whatever. Right. Yeah. And to accept that the reason they're in my space, the reason I'm seeing them, the reason this is all going down is because I am that mm -hmm. and accept that. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's, I think there's some peace in acknowledging that because as we experience connection with other people and there's wounded, you know, there's, there's, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Actions that are taken that come from a wounded place, not only from the other person, but from ourselves. And, and there's pain involved with that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it from that perspective, you realize that pain is absolutely necessary for growth. Yeah. And I was always supposed to have that connection that triggered me or that hurt me because this is something in me that I get to look at and I get to heal from now. And thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank yes. you for providing me that opportunity for me to look at this pain and grow from it and know what I get to do different next time. Yes. That's beautiful because that means that nothing has ever gone wrong. It means that nothing, it, it, it really does kind of free you from that victimhood of why me and why did totally. this happen to me? And, um, and I'm learning this in real time in myself right now, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my life and, and what a, what beautiful timing for you to remind me <laughs> <laughs> of that exact thing. Um, that's something that we, we kind of experienced as we were trying to schedule this. I'm telling everybody out there that there were, we, we set a couple of times and it just didn't work out. And I very much appreciate the energy that you had of saying, well, it will align when it aligns. There's no rush. It'll happen when it happens. And it does feel very much like I'm going to cry again <laughs> today. <laughs> today was the day mm-hmm. um, for sure. And everything that you have shared has just absolutely resonated for me personally. And the reason why we're even doing this, why I'm using my voice and inviting other people to use their voice is because I know that there are people out there who need to hear that exact yeah. thing. Kind of what you said in the beginning about sharing your story. It's not about the story, but the energy that you have that you put into retelling it is going to resonate with not just me, but so many other people. So thank you. And that is like, I was going to ask you questions about receiving, but I feel like that just kind of just told itself, (laughs) you know, just receiving what, what is there and right in front of us. Um, I, so I, so I do, I do kind of want to ask just kind of your perception. My, it's something that's hard for me to notice. And I do feel like sometimes those kinds of things come in sideways Mm -hmm. in like the peripheral and I have like no spatial awareness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how would you, how would you just as, you know, as we kind of wrap things up, how would you advise people to embody that receiving? Because something you said was that, that you're receiving your output, like what you're providing. I would love to know how, how you, how you, How would you explain how to do that? Well, there's a lot of times that I've said, you know, if you don't like what you're seeing in your life, like look at what you're putting out. Um, I don't know. Receiving is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's vulnerable. Um, I find myself like even like having someone buy me dinner or whatever oftentimes is really uncomfortable. Um, it's, it's a lay, it's a practice. It's a layered thing. Um, I think it starts with knowing that you're worthy. Um, and also knowing like, I am not receiving this because I deserve it and it should be given to me like in a, in a, in a snobby way, but like, how do I want to say this? But like when you're receiving in a way 
that you are deserving in a, in a worthiness of, like I was saying, you know, before just being, it being our birthright, like we are, we are, we are here to experience pleasure and joy and, and goodness and happiness. And, you know, with all of that, yes, comes some not so great things, but everything is always working out for us. And I always tell myself, if, if, if not this, something better, if not this, something better. And you can use that with anything, with dating, with, with jobs, with clients, with, you know, like with anything, you can use it with anything. And as I've gotten in the habit of doing that, um, I'm starting to see the times where a lot of people get stuck and end up in anger rather than flow and accepting, okay, this is not in alignment and we'll see what, what comes for alignment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of getting stuck in that, just accepting the flow and and I mean, this is this is also another layered thing too, because you know when when you're a, a parent, when you're you know a boss, like when you have shit to do, you have a schedule. Like it's really hard to not be like, this is the way it needs to be, and to ha- just to have it go that way, and to not get a little bit frustrated when things don't go that way, because you know the trickle effect of if that doesn't go that way, then this doesn't go, and it, it just you know, it's it's a ripple, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. So it's interesting just listening to you say that this, the thing that is coming up for me now in like having a hard time explaining because it's an experience, it's a knowing, right. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm hearing, what I'm (laughs) receiving right now is that everybody's journey is their own and how you did it is going to be different than how I am currently doing it and Mm -hmm. you're still doing it and how everybody that's listening is going to, we're all going to find our own way of receiving abundance in our lives from a completely different vantage point and a completely different life experience. And there is no right way to do it. Isn't that beautiful? There's no, there's nothing, nothing has ever gone wrong ever. Even the painful stuff, which is just, like it's this weird, like my, like my brain is exploding right now, but it's also like, of course, yes, <laughs> of course. All so. we have to do is shine our light, look at our dark, be open to all, love all, and realize that sometimes loving all doesn't mean that everybody gets to stay in our space. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't mean that, you know, everything is always going to work out. Um, but being willing to look at that being willing to close doors, being willing to keep doors open. And, you know, just because something makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's it's wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. Look, look at what it's triggering for you. Look at what it's bringing up. If it's bringing up, like, you know, trauma that is what you don't get to have in your life, by all means, close that door. Stop that whatever. But just break the cycles. There's freedom on the other side. I love that. The freedom. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nikki. I just everything you've shared. I'm going to carry it with me as long as it lasts. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I just love your you. energy. We're hugging. I wish I was on video right now. Um, so you, how can we find you? Like, how can our listeners 
reach I mean if if that's something that you yep. want you know how can how can we reach out to you um Facebook Nikki Fellows Instagram Nikki Fellows 333 um someday it might be more uh technology is not is it technology is great yes I love it so much <laughs> and it's going to love me back someday um <laughs> but yeah I uh I try to stay off of technology. I try to be present and there's lots of layers to that too, yeah. but, um, that's another episode <laughs> for real messages. Um, text messages are always easiest in phone yeah. calls, but, uh, yeah, I trust that whoever is meant to either work with me or to just be in my space or to, for me to work with them will align into my space as, you know, as I continue to just show up. And I think it's important for all of us to know that as we continue to show up, like that space is not the same without us there. And yes. our gifts are important, whether we say words or not, whether we speak to someone or not, whether we see anybody or not. Um, when I go to the mountains and I don't see one soul and I don't post a picture and I don't take videos or whatever, like that still matters. Yes. And, and that is putting, you know, energy out into the universe for not only my life, but other people's lives. And like we bless people as we show up. So we just need to keep showing up and shining our light. And that's all we need to do. Just the ripple effect. <laughs> kind of like how, how we came into each other's lives. There was no social media. I mean, we have a common friend and we both felt called to enter that that course. And, yeah. And here we are. So. Organically. Exactly. I love that. I always talk about, I love meeting people organically. I mean, like social media is awesome and it's a wonderful tool, but um, thank you for pointing that out. Yes. <laughs> thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for teaching us all and sharing your energy. I know that everybody listening can feel the energy that you present because it takes up a lot of space and um, just thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Are you ready to love all that you are, embrace all the parts of you, and shine your light, and create a powerful life that you love? Join me in my coaching program, where I help my clients find their power within, grow from their challenges, and love and embody their true authentic selves. You can find me at sherrylovecoaching.com and on all major social media platforms. Thank you.